0: Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Healthy Christian Project. For those of you who don't know, the Healthy Christian Project is not only a podcast, but it is also a program. So here on the podcast, we like to give the knowledge all about transforming your bodies, renewing your mind so you can grow healthier physically, mentally, and spiritually. When it comes to the program, that custom program is designed to give you the accountability and the guidance. So if you're ever looking to grow healthier and all facets of your life, go ahead and click the link in the description for the application page. Now, on to the episode. Today's episode, we're talking about the mind. So we're taking a little bit more of a mental health approach. I'm joined with Nicole, who is an aspiring therapist.
1: Yes, therapist to be. Hello.
0: Therapist to be. So she's going to give more of the insight. I'm just coming up with my own ideas and research, and she'll be fact checking in a way. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, okay.
0: <laughs> so basically we want to talk about how powerful the mind actually is. And I don't think we realize it because we live with our minds day to day and we just let our minds often work in the background and we don't really realize, but your mind is the most powerful thing you have. It it can change your life and shape the narrative of who you tell yourself you are, which can shape your future as well. So your mind actually controls a significant part of your actions and there's a little bit of a formula. I don't know exactly where it came from. I've been researching it recently, Um, but I'm going to share this formula. Basically there's five steps to understand what your circumstances are to how you react from them. So for example, actually no example, let's start like this circumstance. There's a circumstance in your life that happens. After that, you have a thought in response to the circumstance. After that, there are feelings in response to the thought. There is an action in response to the feelings. And then there is a result in response to the action. So let's give a practical example. There is a circumstance in your life. Do you have an example?
1: Um... Okay, uh, somebody is not texting you back and you're worried. Okay. Why they're not.
0: Let's say someone's not texting you back. You're worried why they're not texting you back. So that's the circumstance. So the thoughts from the circumstance is what's going on? Why are they texting me back?
1: Are they upset?
0: Are they upset? Should I be concerned? Should I call them? No, I don't want to over text them. Anyways, those are your thoughts. Your feelings, you kind of touched upon this. You're worried. You're anxious. You're overthinking. You're, you're just you're confused. You don't know whether you should text these people or not. So your actions, it could be all over the place. You could end up sending a ton of texts, or you could end up trying to ignore them and send no texts. So let's just go with what would I? What would you do?
1: What would I do? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, if somebody didn't, I don't know. I gave an example. Not really thinking about my own situation so so
0: let's say let's say that you decide to wait for them to respond and they don't so the result is because you waited for them to respond they didn't send a text you guys don't talk so this is a, a fairly trivial example but like let's give let's give another one let's let's bring it back to health and weight management and all that stuff so let's say the circumstance is I am 30 pounds overweight and at risk of diabetes. Your thoughts. I have tried so many things and nothing has changed. I've tried keto. I've tried a carnivore diet for some reason. I've tried going vegan. Nothing has changed. I can't change this. I'll probably just take medication my whole life. Your feelings. You feel complacent. You feel discouraged. You feel unwilling to change. So your actions, you don't do anything. And the result, there is no result. You stay in the same place where you are. So notice that the circumstance that you being 30 pounds overweight and having diabetes, the only thing you are able to control from there are your thoughts. Your feelings are in response to your thoughts. Your actions are in response to your feelings. And the new result is in response to your actions.
1: And this is actually um, like... And CBT, so cognitive behavioral therapy, there is something called, example, I don't know, thinking chart. There's many different names for it, like thinking log, thinking chart, I don't know. Um, But essentially, the purpose of that chart is exactly the the categories that you've listed out. So you have to identify each one. Mm -hmm. So for example, as you were using, like, you know, maybe 30 pounds overweight, you know, that's the circumstance. Well, I guess like in those charts, it could also be more specific, like to a very specific instance situation. Like if somebody made a comment, you know, about somebody's weight and then that led to them uh, thinking, like having these automatic thoughts, which led to these feelings, you know? And so identifying those, but then asking yourself, like, are these feelings or thoughts grounded in anything true? Like what's the evidence for it? What's Mm -hmm. the evidence against it? What is a better way of framing this? And you could like even go through a bunch of, thinking traps.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, let's, let's look at the exact same situation from a different perspective. So let's say circumstance, you're 30 pounds overweight, you're at risk of diabetes, same circumstance. But this time, your thoughts are going to be different. This time, you're going to think to yourself, I know that I can lose this weight, if I apply myself to working hard and finding a program that works for me so in response your feelings your feelings are now you're more motivated you're energized you're hopeful you're actually excited what are your actions from there based on your feelings you're just going to decide to start putting in the work you're going to decide to invest in your health maybe you seek out a coach and you actually work hard for your health you go to the gym you go on walks you take care of your nutrition the result is you lose the 30 pounds and you're no longer at risk of diabetes. Exact same circumstance, the only thing that changed was your thoughts in response to the circumstance.
1: Yeah, that's very true. Reframing those thoughts into something that can actually yield positive results mm-hmm. instead of like staying in the same negative cycle, and that's the whole purpose of like as i said, reframing.
0: <laughs> right, and you yeah. you can't jump from from circumstance straight into another result. Yeah. You have to go along each step of the way. And often it's our self-limiting beliefs and self-limiting thoughts that are going to control the results because of all the steps along the way. Yeah, And we aren't actually aware of our self-limiting beliefs most of the time.
1: That's very true. Like, as you've pointed out, you know, you could have the same, like, let's say an instance where a person who maybe they have an insecurity about their health or their weight and somebody point, makes a comment about it, it could really lead to two very different things. Right. One where you just kind of stagnate and like you just kind of feel bad. You maybe you're insecure. Feel you feel bad. You stay in the negative cycle and you don't really make a change. But if you try to reframe those thoughts and reframe, I guess the narrative, then you can actually yield positive change. You can make a difference. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy, like how just our thoughts which basically in turn will change our feelings. Our behavior can make, like it can make such a big difference.
0: It does make a big difference. And we also see there's a problem though. What happens when you want to start changing your thoughts and make them more positive, but you don't believe what you say. Hmm. For example, what happens when let's take the same example, 30 pounds, um, you want to start thinking to yourself, I can do this. I know I can't. I just have to like invest. I just have to work hard. But you don't believe you can do it. Where are you going to stay? You're going to stay same in the same place. place. Yeah. Because even though you're changing your your active thoughts, your conscious thoughts, your subconscious doesn't believe it. Your heart doesn't believe it, and you're not going to act based on something you don't believe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? So how do we how do we actually change our beliefs? Well, what I found to change the belief is to find scripture, scripture that in a way affirms what you are trying to do. Now, in this case, it's very, very important not to take a scripture out of context yeah. and to, to make yourself affirm that, for example, you can't take the the verse i can do all things through christ who strengthens me to go ahead and lift 500 pounds i don't think that's that's completely out of context but when we're talking about positivity and where you can find inspiration the bible has so much available to you for example rather than thinking to yourself this is a hopeless situation i'm never going to get out of this you can find countless verses that are in context that you can recontextualize to your situation that will tell you this is not hopeless. God is using this to build you up, to give you something, to equip you for your future and to lead you somewhere. Maybe it's to lead other people and give them hope. Regardless, there are so many verses that you can use. Memorize that scripture and actually motivate you and encourage you. And change your beliefs so that you can change your thoughts, your your feelings, your actions, and your results.
1: I agree. (laughs) Okay.
0: So that that takes us to stories. So this is really interesting. How do the stories that we tell ourselves affect how we behave, how we grow, how how we our actions, our results? This is again back to thoughts and beliefs but what's interesting is because we see the world through stories those stories often shape us so for example when you're reading a book and you're seeing the main character go through something that main character could be going through a rough patch the main character has no idea The hope that is on the other side of the rough patch. Unless it's like one of those super depressing books where everyone dies in Shakespeare. Unless
1: Shakespeare is the author, then you gotta be careful. (laughs) Yeah, or like,
0: yeah, anyways. um, The main character often has no idea what's going to happen on the other side. And they're living in that. And the story they're telling themselves is only the story of their past and their present and what they're experiencing because they don't know the whole picture. And so often they would see themselves in light of all their past experiences. And that's how we see ourselves in light of all our past experiences and our sins and our failures. And we don't, that that narrative that we tell ourselves often shapes our actions and results. Think about it. If all you ever see yourself as is a sinner who's hopeless and you have no future you're never going to to be redeemed you are stuck in your sin like obviously if you always feel hopeless how are you ever going to have hope if you keep telling yourself that you can never change that Jesus will never save you that you can like you're never going to change right mm-hmm. it's like a a drug addict if a drug addict keeps telling themselves i'm addicted I'm addicted and I'm never going to change. This addiction is just part of me. It's who I am. Obviously, that narrative, they're telling themselves, they believe that they're never going to change.
1: And this like also in therapy, there's narrative therapy. And essentially, it's taking that kind of like philosophy of, you know, uh, we tell ourselves like the story, like, or we see the world around us kind of in stories, the way you said it. Um, so in narratives and the narrative we tell ourselves can either limit us or, you know, help us grow. Right. So if you like example, let's say a person that has like anger, uh, issues, they could either tell themselves that, oh, like I'm just a very angry person. And the more they tell themselves that the more they're going to start like it's a self-fulfilling prophecy
0: articulated this better than i did
1: (laughs) then they're gonna no i i don't think you did a pretty good job but (laughs) like um yeah so if they keep telling themselves like i'm just an angry person they're gonna find in normal day like everyday situations they're gonna react more aggressively more angrily but if they reframe the narrative to kind of remove the problem from that like the person is not the problem the problem is the problem mm-hmm. so it kind of externalizing the issue so instead of like oh i'm just an angry person that's just how i am which is a very limited mindset because you can change it would rather be i am a person who sometimes reacts aggressively depending on xyz situation or these factors so you start looking at the different factors that lead to your maybe aggressive behavior that lead to that outcome and try to take it from there so it's kind of deconstructing why is there anger in the first place and kind of just reframing the narrative from there which can be a lot more empowering because you can take control also of like you know how you see yourself but obviously this also has to be done like carefully yeah i guess yeah
0: but that if the principle is still there that the story you tell yourself is going to affect how you react and behave and see yourself in the future and your actions and results and the problem is some of us are at parts of our lives right now where things seem hopeless and we feel in despair we feel lost and confused and just done but we also haven't seen the full story we're stuck in the challenge and we're reading it, we're not reading it, we're stuck in just the main character. We think we're like, we're the main characters of our own story, and we're stuck in the drama. And so we're subject to all the frustrations, all the anger, all the anxiety that the character is going to be going through because of their situation. The problem is, we also think that we're writing our own story and that we dictate our own future and what's happening to us. And because of that, we're going to grow much more anxious much more worried and much more fearful, fearful of what the outcome will actually be.
1: Mm -hmm. That's why I also say, be careful about also like taking that narrative completely, like in your control. Cause like at the end of the day, we should also submit to God and try to see the narrative through God's lens, not through like, I guess our own lens. We need to yeah submit it to God. So overall his will to be done above ours and Because that gives a lot of hope, especially during those challenging times, as you're saying, you know, when you see yourself as like, I guess each person is the main character of their own life, like of their own story, you know. And so we are going to be in those challenges, not seeing what is this, how is this going to play out? Because we also technically can't write our future like, you know, just the way we want it. Yeah, we have some sort of control, you know, like if we just do nothing and sit around and we expect to lose 30 pounds by doing nothing just because we're like saying that we are (laughs) like, that's not really how it works. You still have to put in work. But at the end of the day, it's also looking through those, like when you're in those challenging times, realizing that, you know, God has allowed you to be in this situation. Mm -hmm. And however, this plays out, even if it's not the way you want it to play out, God is in control and we should trust his will, his providence over whatever we want, because we can't see the full story and exactly. we can't see how, like, wh- you know, if this it plays out like this, we don't know what the consequences are going to be like later on. We can't see like every single exactly. version of how it's going to play out. Only God knows the best.
0: And that, that takes us to, like I just mentioned earlier, we think we're the authors of our own story. We're not. We're the characters. But we know the author. God is the author. The author is the one who is actually writing the story, not the character. Exactly. And guess what? Okay. The author has the best in mind for you. The author cares deeply for your own well-being. The author wants to make everything work out for your good. And that's what Romans 8.28 says. It says, for all... And we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So looking at it through that perspective, let's imagine a situation where a character is going through a rough patch, but they know the author and the author and the character are in constant communication. The character understands that the author has control and providence over all situations and he will Shape it and take care of it and make it all work out. How do you think that will affect the character's
1: mindset? Well, it'd probably be trusting the author and that even in the midst of the challenge, it would have peace. like the character would have peace, knowing that you know what the author's going to make this work out, and I know that the author's putting me through this for some character development because that's how you get character yeah, development literally. in books that's literally how you get character <laughs> development.
0: Yeah. So think of it like when you're going through this rough patch, you as the character it's your character development and it's the author it's god allowing that rough patch so that you will develop that he will build your character because ultimately we're not walking away from this life with anything except our character we're not bringing our material wealth we're not bringing our 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 relationships or people but we're bringing the person that God shaped us to be.
1: Amen. I'm thinking, like, because um, I just finished reading The Count of Monte Cristo, and that was one heck of a book. <laughs> but, um, you know, at the end, I don't want to really spoil in case anyone's reading it, but, like,
0: spoiler if, if you're alert. <laughs> reading it, yeah, just skip in a few seconds here. <laughs> but
1: when um, basically The Count of Monte Cristo, kind of like he kind of controls somebody else's you know I guess perception of happiness by making him think that his lover is dead making him basically think he's committing suicide only to find out that when he wakes up that he finds both his lover alive and that he didn't die and now he has all the happiness in the world and that's like you know part of me when I was reading that I was like Okay, how dare this guy try to take like another guy's, you know, control his life and control it like that, make him yeah. so depressed for thinking his lover was dead for like a month. But, <laughs> but, you know, when I read that quote, that's also like printed on the back so of the book. The
0: quote, the quote is for those of you who don't know it, there is neither happiness nor misery in this world. There is only the there's only the difference between one state and another he who experienced supreme grief is best able to experience supreme
1: happiness exactly and so then like it kind of showed me how in a way that grief that he inflicted on him is sort of not saying that any human being should ever do this to another human being but like if we're thinking of it between author and character because that's kind of the role he assumed there even though he is a character like you know there's kind of justification in inflicting that grief if it means that because of that grief that they experience they're able to experience even more happiness because as the quote says you know when our happiness, our sadness, a lot of it comes from the comparison between, you know, our saddest state to our happiest state. The more difficulties, more trials that we've gone through, the more we're able to appreciate the good, mm-hmm. the everything good in life.
0: Exactly. So, stories. We understand the world through stories. We tell ourselves stories of ourselves. Of others, we relate to stories, but unfortunately, when seemingly bad things happen to us, we begin to react in a negative way, and forget the authors in control of the stories. Now, there's a there's there's like a storytelling technique, and it's so interesting. It's just reminding me of how how. We as humans love stories, and if you don't like, look at all the books that are printed in the world. But think of it like uh, if I was to go on Twitter right now and and say a tweet, for example, just say a, like a Bible verse, and the greatest of these is love. First Corinthians thirteen, thirteen. Okay, you get a few likes, great. But if I was to go on Twitter and say a story about true love and by the way we get to be a a part of the greatest love story the greatest salvation story the greatest story in existence which is the story of jesus so if i would to articulate that same principle into a story people would go crazy for it
1: mm.
0: and i think that's a
1: power of storytelling,
0: the power of storytelling the power of stories if stories are so powerful, how come we let ourselves, we see ourselves in such a story of sadness and we we play the victim and we, we look at ourselves so depressingly and so hopelessly?
1: Yeah. And if you think about it, because the way that humans, like the way our mind comprehends things, the way that we're able to to even be, like, in communication right now is through language, exactly. right? Language is the vehicle that drives all communication. Well, I mean, there's also pictures and stuff, but at least right now, the main, like... I mean, all for all of history, the main real communication is language. And, like, we see our lives in stories. We use that language. Even think about how, you know, in different countries different languages the way that the same expression can mean a different thing like I don't know if this is true correct me if I'm wrong I don't know Spanish or like so I could be completely wrong but I remember like a few years ago hearing about uh, like a teacher or something she was like talking about how in different languages for example in English let's say like you broke a vase or something, you know, you'd be like, I broke the vase or like, I'd be like, Eli broke the vase, you mm-hmm. know, but like in different languages, like Spanish or something, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but it's instead of saying like, this person broke the vase, you would say the vase was broken by this person. Mm-hmm. I, or like, I don't know if you'd say by this, but like, it kind of takes away the blame instead of this person broke this. It's like, oh, this was like, the vase was broken. Right. You know, like so it's kind of removing the blame from the person and more so this thing happened instead, like because you know, yeah. when we say like when we add the blame, for example, we're adding a narrative right there. So in different languages too, the narrative can become different. So my whole point is that because of language and the complexity of language, the way that we speak, it always, whether intentionally or unintentionally, will have a story attached to it and we remember our whole lives our whole past in stories when we think about our future we think of it like as a story you know we think of like you know at the end of our life on our deathbed we wanted to you know we want to be like happy with how our life was remembering our life as a good story
0: right i mean even like thinking about people's dreams and their aspirations their stories the american dream is a story (laughs) the anyone's dream is a story canadian dream I don't know what the Canadian dream is, <laughs> like living in an igloo or something. But the point is, you have to stop believing the story you're telling yourself. If that's a story that is without hope, without faith, without love, fear of the future, uncertainty, that's causing you to be in such a sad place. Even if you are in difficult circumstances right now, the story you tell yourself should be the story of hope and of of salvation and of deliverance because you are delivered and saved and filled with hope the stories that we tell ourselves should be from the perspective of Jesus has won amen and so Looking at anything from that perspective, take it back to the weight loss example. When we know that Jesus has won, that we are going to be with him, that we are going to live with him. But our bodies here on earth belong to him as well. Because he won over death and we are resurrected with him. And we have these beliefs that are ingrained in us. Our thoughts are not going to be hopeless. They're going to be filled with hope our feelings are going to react to that. Our actions are going to react to that and our results are going to react to that. But at the end of the day, the underlying belief should be scripture and not anything from this secular world. The secular world will we'll, we'll try to convince you that your belief should be something else, should be to make money, should be to uh, should fill your purse with money is a, sh- is a Shakespeare uh, line fill thy purse with money like (laughs) money and and what else is there power and lust that's what the world's going to try to convince you in but
1: to like give into your desires give
0: into your desires yeah like you are the author of yourself no you're not the author of yourself god is the author of yourself god's the author of your story trust him let him take the wheel and you just communicate with the author, let him communicate with you and be filled with his perfect peace. Amen. 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 So if you've listened this far, I actually want you to go and do something. Go ahead and open, whether it's your messages, whether it's Instagram, whether it's your Facebook, whatever it is, and send me a message telling me I just listened to your podcast and let me know what you have to say. I'm always looking to improve and I always want to help serve and get to know the people who are listening. I appreciate you coming this far and have a fantastic rest of your day.
1: Bye.